time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie filling in for the vacationing WB. He is taking this week off, so I jump into the captain's chair and deliver to you another exciting episode of the Southern Race Week Radio broadcast radio show, as well as the Southern Race Week podcast which is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And we really appreciate all the loyal listeners going over to the podcast, subscribing, commenting, rating it. We really appreciate all you loyal Southern Race Week radio fans who listen to the radio show every week and also download the podcast as well. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. As I mentioned, welcome to the program this week. We've got a jam-packed episode of Southern Rakes Week coming up for you today. We'll be speaking with Ted Austed from Atlanta Motor Speedway. He'll give us the latest in short track news. And then we'll speak with Doug Wrights of the Performance Racing Network. He will join us to uh, break down his thoughts so far on the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series season and also talk about the first broadcast for the Performance Racing Network coming up this weekend at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So very excited to hear Doug Rice and the rest of the PRN crew return to calling races here in 2021. So we'll speak with Doug Rice coming up later on in the broadcast. And also we'll speak with another Georgia driver making his name known in the short track world as we'll speak with dirt late model racer Garrett Smith, another Georgia native coming up later on in the program as well. So we've got another star-studded lineup of Southern Race Week Radio coming up for you here today. Don't forget to check out our social media platforms as we're always delivering uh, racing news, short track news there on our Twitter page and our Facebook page as well. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network and yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And don't forget about the Facebook page as well at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. So go there, like, follow us. And uh, keep up with the latest in racing news right there on our Twitter page and also our Facebook page as well. So we've got a lot going on on this week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio broadcast as well as the Southern Race Week podcast. So just sit back and relax. We've got uh, great interviews coming up, as I mentioned, with Ted Austed, Doug Rice, and Garrett Smith. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the Executive Director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, we're back. Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. We're continuing with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. We bring you the latest in NASCAR news and also the latest in short track news as well, and we want to get the latest in short track news. There's one person we go to to get the short track news as we head on over to Atlanta Motor Speedway and welcome in on the Food Depot hotline, ladies and gentlemen, live from his office at AMS, it is Mr. Ted Austin! Wow! Elsie, how are you? Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm fired up, buddy, man. It, I gotta I, tell I guess you. so. Yeah. I, I can tell. Uh, must have had yourself a uh, monster energy drink or something prior to uh, calling me. I did that and also had a quick trip hot dog. And I also, did you now? yeah, yes. Did you? Okay. yes. And then Very I went over good. to, and then I, I, like I, then I, I like went over that. to Walmart and I bought some uh-huh. Quaker State oil to put in my car. 
Very so good. Very I'm, good. Very good. I am all set and, and, and ready to go. So um, uh, before we talk about the short track stuff going on, Ted, I got to tell you, you know, it's very exciting to see how Atlanta Motor Speedway, the venue, has grown over the years. Like normally people just think of Atlanta Motor Speedway as just the, the home for NASCAR a couple of times a year. It's got to be yeah. exciting for you guys at the track to know that you're a destination not just for NASCAR but for family events and, and all this cool stuff you got coming up here over the next uh, few weeks and few months. It's satisfying to hear you say that, Alfie. Is is we've worked very hard to we've we've always been a versatile uh, facility. We've always had a lot of uh, different types of events and and everything. It just seems to be each year it continues to evolve into greater and and more uh, events that that people are established events that people are familiar with. And uh, this year we were able to 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 land a couple of events that normally would be indoors downtown Atlanta. And because of the COVID situation, are able to go or, or have to go outside and out of the Atlanta metro area. And we've been lucky enough to to secure those events at the facility. And uh, and now people are realizing some of the other things that we do. And then our our, our drive-in concert series brought along a new public uh, last fall, and that'll be coming back here again this spring. We hosted the Atlanta Marathon uh, last weekend. We had uh, just about 14,000 runners on the property that competed in the half marathon and the full marathon. I was not one of them. <laughs> and uh, but, Iron- uh, and Ironically, then, and- either was I. I, my alar- I missed my alarm clock. It went off, and then I just, you know, I hit snooze, and it, just, it was just over at that point. Yeah, I, I was here. I was here, but I, I missed the starting gun. A, you know, I was like, I was like oh, 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 darn. Maybe next year. Darn, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that yeah, gun, well. so I'll have to do it next year. <laughs> so, anyway, is, uh, um, uh, with, with the marathon, is it kind of kicked off uh, a plethora of scheduled events that uh, have two NASCAR events and three uh. Supercross events, four Monster Jam events, uh, a flat track event uh, for motorcycles, and uh, several other car shows, high school graduations, drive-in concerts. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's really going to be a cool year here at the Speedway. And a lot of folks that may not have been a part of uh, our scheduled events in the past are going to have are going to have the opportunity to see our facility and enjoy the all the different entertainment uh, uh, opportunities that we have for folks. It's cool. It's cool. AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com is the website to check out the events calendar and check out all the events that are coming up, especially with the race weekend here in a couple of weeks. In fact, next week, special Southern Race Week episode featuring Atlanta Motor Speedway. So we're going to have Brandon Hutchinson, Lieutenant Colonel Rooney on, and also Ryan Priest. So uh, we've got a jam-packed show next week as we get ready for uh, racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Switching gears now from the big tracks and heading on over to the short tracks that cover the southeast and you're the guy we come to to talk about everything that's going on in the short track world. So why don't you bring us up to date on some of the results, uh, events that uh, took place over uh, the weekend, sir? Yeah, it, it's cool to see, uh, you know, we talked about all the racing and, and the, the marathon here at the Speedway and everything taking place last weekend, but it's cool to see the, the short tracks are really starting to crank up and, and drivers are getting out on the track and fans are buying tickets again. They're getting outside, they're, they're, they're looking past this COVID pandemic and, and starting to enjoy themselves at, at motorsports events again. And last weekend, Livonia Speedway hosted a couple of events Saturday night. Young Gun Peyton Freeman led all 30 
30 laps of the 602 Late Model Sportsman Special. Drew Collins finished in the number two spot, followed by Sean Thomas, Kenny Collins, and Frankie Beard. So a good show up at Livonia Speedway in the northeastern side of Georgia. Florida's Mark Whitener claimed the victory down on the southern parts of the Georgia Peach State. The Davy Woodward Memorial uh, took place at Waycross Motor Speedway. He picked up the victory. Ryan Carter was second with Scott Johnson in the number three spot. Stand down on the south side of Georgia, Oglethorpe Speedway Park actually opened its stock car racing season last Friday. They're a Friday night racetrack. Bobby Oglesby claimed the Gladiator main event, and Brian Barnes won the Road Warriors division. This week, the track down there will host uh, professional and amateur flat track motorcycle racing. So uh, uh, some some cool things starting to happen at tracks in and around the area. We've got some tracks that are also uh, continuing on with their track improvements here in uh, central Georgia. West Georgia Speedway posted some photos on their social media this past week of their track reconfiguration. Doug Stevens, who was the man behind the gumbo uh, uh, changeover uh, down at Sonoy Raceway, he's now moved his services over to West Georgia. He widened the track. He's also correcting the banking in the turns uh, at that older facility in Whitesburg, Georgia. So far, the drivers and the fans on social media are pretty excited about what they're seeing. So uh, some good things possibly happening to that three eighths mile oval. Meanwhile, Sonora Raceway, Stevens Old Stomping Ground, they're also getting a facelift with new owner Sonny Pollard putting his signature on the 52-year-old facility that his daddy built and opened back in 69. Cat Daddy Clint Smith, he's going to be the promoter over at Sonora Raceway this year, and he posted on his uh, social media earlier this week that uh, there are big changes happening at Sonora Raceway. No photos or anything, just big changes happening at Sonora Raceway this year. So we'll keep our eyes on on those two uh tracks that are getting going here for 2021 and then also got a note here billy thomas's daughter megan will operate east alabama motor speedway this year the third generation daughter will have a final preseason practice this weekend before their season opener and they plan to announce that season opener date and their 2021 schedule uh sometime here within the next week to two weeks so uh, last practice and then get ready for the 2021 season at the east alabama motor speedway phoenix City, Alabama power plant there on the uh, banks of the river in Columbus and Phoenix City. Speaking with Ted Austin here on uh, Sunrise Radio as he delivers to us the latest in short track news. we got a couple of minutes left here, uh, Ted. So uh, looking ahead on our counters, what's there, what should some weekends and dates we should be uh, circling for upcoming events that you see that uh, maybe some of our listeners want to uh, check out? This weekend coming up, uh, unfortunately, we already got word that Duck River Speedway, their World of Outlaw race scheduled for Friday night, was uh, rained out. They pulled the plug early. But the Saturday uh, World Outlaw show up at Smoky Mountain uh, Speedway in uh, Maryville, Tennessee, still going to take place on Saturday night, or at least it is as of right now, 12000 to win uh, up there. And then Sunday, Cherokee Speedway, who has been hosting some great events already, they're going to host another good one on Sunday as the Southern All-Stars will open up their 30 race season. That's hard to believe with just that alone. $10,000 to win at Cherokee Speedway this Sunday. And like I said, 30 race schedule for the 
for the Southern All-Stars, the, the oldest dirt late model traveling series in the nation, and they're having more races than they've ever had before with a 30-race schedule. So pretty good uh, deal, and, and kudos to the promoters of the Southern All-Stars this year. Next the weekend, down at Cochran Motor Speedway, Friday night's the Gobbler 100 makeup race from the rain out back in November. Super late models, $20,000 to win. That's Friday night, the uh, 12th. On Saturday night, the 13th, they're going to keep going with some more racing. The Street Stock World Championship race that was rained out on the uh, New Year's weekend. It's got kind of like a makeup weekend for these guys. It's on Saturday night, is <laughs> the Street Stocks will run for 5000 to win. The Super Late Models are invited back for a $5,000 to win show there as well. So a couple of big nights for those guys. Southern All-Stars, we talked about their 30-race schedule. They'll move in on the uh, 12th and 13th with a doubleheader down at Southern Raceway in Milton, Florida. Boyd Speedway cranks up with a limited late mile special next weekend. And then on the asphalt side of things, the season opener for the Southern Super Series is going to take place at Southern Alabama or South Alabama Motor Speedway with the 45th annual Rattler 250. Great racing ahead for asphalt drivers and fans as well as the dirt side of this. Well, there you go. The one and only Ted Austin, the man in charge of bringing us all the latest in short track news. Mr. Austin, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you again, my friend. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. It's Jeb Burton, driver number 10, Nutrinex, Lucian's Chevrolet, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie bringing you again uh, another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we've got another great guest joining us right now. You hear him on the Performance Racing Network, calling NASCAR races, and also every Monday on Fast Talk, which is available at goprn.com, as well on Facebook Live. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Doug Mr. Rice. All right. Thanks a bunch. Good to be back with you this year. Ah, so grateful to have you back for yet another year of Southern Racing Radio as you are the main man in charge of everything going on at the Performance Racing Network. This upcoming weekend, you'll be doing your first race for the Performance Racing Network as you guys will be traveling to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So how excited are we for you to get the rest of the PRN crew together and start calling races as you will this weekend at Las Vegas Motor Speedway? Well, I think it's what we all got in this business for is to do live racing. I love doing the talk shows and things of that nature and bench racing with people, but nothing beats packing up and going to the racetrack and being able to call the action. So pretty geeked about that. Also excited that they're going to have some fans in the stands at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I think around 20%. I know they sold all the cup tickets they had almost immediately when they said they were going to let folks start trickling back in. And that, and that's a good news because – it, you know, it's been a little bit depressing going to these racetracks and looking at concrete and shiny aluminum. It's going to be exciting, as you said, to have actual fans in the stands as you're calling a race. I know for the drivers, they're really geeked up and excited to have the uh, fans back in the stands. And as I'm looking at the PRN schedule, Doug, you have so many great races, as you always do on your schedule. But a couple of them that stand out to me right now, obviously, in a few weeks, your crew will be heading over to uh, Bristol Motor Speedway. For the first dirt race, also you're going to be heading over to a Circuit of the Americas. I think you recently went out there and toured the track. So tell me, after heading to the Circuit of the Americas, what was your takeaway from visiting that track 
And also, as far as uh, you guys will be broadcasting that race, so how will the broadcasting aspect of it work out? Well, for folks that aren't familiar with Circuit of the Americas, because it's primarily been home to the Formula One circuit, it's a massive facility. It's 1,800 acres. The track itself covers 3.4 miles with 20 turns. That's a lot of real estate. I mean, that's just a lot. That will be by far and away the biggest speedway that PRN's ever tackled. And it's going to take a lot of folks. We think right now six or seven turn announcers will be needed to cover the live action because it, it covers so much territory. But that's okay. You know, it, it's going to be new. It's going to be fresh. The teams have tested there now, and they're starting to get a little idea of what it's going to take to get around that place. I don't know how many folks might be there because the state of Texas has already said they're opening back up. But it's right outside of Austin, Texas. It's an alien-looking racetrack, meaning it looks like something that dropped out of outer space and landed there. It is The facility is enormous. Uh, these drivers are going to get spoiled. The garages are like condominiums for where the teams will work out of. They are climate-controlled. And it, it's going to be a challenge, and I think it's going to be real eye-opening. And I'm really thrilled that NASCAR is going to get a chance to showcase its talent on, on this layout, which might be the most uh, modern speedway facility in North America. Now, NASCAR upped the number of road course races this year. What, what are your feelings on road course races, are you, and are you happy NASCAR has added more of those type of races to the schedule? If you'd asked me that question 20 years ago, I would have thrown up. Now I'm so <laughs> excited. Uh, I look at the races they had in Daytona on back-to-back weeks. I felt like the road course races were much more entertaining, and I never thought I would say this than the ones on the big track because it seems like the big track at Daytona has developed into this just make it through the big crash and you could maybe win. Uh, whereas the road course, I felt like there was action every lap. Somebody was spinning out. Uh, you thought this is a layup for Chase Elliott, and it wasn't. I still think Chase is going to benefit from this. He's either going to win. There's six of them left. I think he'll win half of them, oh, okay. and he'll do really well in the other half. This first one was kind of a fluke, but I really think the schedule plays to Chase Elliott, and it's kind of got that short track allure, Alfie, that everybody looks for. They want that rubbing is racing type mentality, and you get that on these, these road courses. Speaking with Doug Rice, uh, the Performance Racing Network, you also can listen to him every Monday as he co-hosts Fast Talk, also uh, on the Performance Racing Network. Now, Doug, we've, uh, you know, we had Speed Week. We had a couple of races that we've already uh, raced here so far this season. As we've gone through the first few races, um, anything that's coming out at you that you are, uh, you know, your, your thoughts on there were so many changes, so many new teams, anything jumping out at you as far as that you might be surprised that has happened so far well, this season? Yeah, I, I hate to be Captain Obvious here, but I will be. <laughs> the, the three winners in the first three races, no one on this planet or any other planet that's inhabited picked those three guys to win. Michael McDowell, no, no, I, I, I didn't have him. You know, Christopher Bell, no, no. And William Byron, even though he's won a race. And I, I didn't expect his first win would come at Homestead, Miami in this season. So the three winners we've had are going to make the playoffs a lot harder to get to by point racing your way in because we've not even seen the guys that we normally know are going to win. You know, yep. Harvick, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, none of those cats are winning races yet. So uh, I think the three people that have won the first three races have really 
change the tenor of the season uh, for good. This this impact will last the rest of the year, I think. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting, as you said. Uh, just the, 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 like you said, no one thought Michael McDowell was going to have a chance to win this thing, and now he's taking a spot away. So, like you said, it it makes. Do you feel now that this puts, even though we're still early in the season, do you think this puts pressure on those guys to say, "Wow, now I can't really mess around and rely on points to get in. Now I might actually have to win a race to get into this thing." I think it does if you thought you were one of the teams that was going to get in, say, position 12 through 16. You you can't just say, okay, well, we're good enough. You know, we'll, we'll get in. Uh, who this hurts, in my mind, is a team like, uh, let's say, Matt DiBenedetto. Uh, Matt's not won a race yet, but you think that the Wood Brothers are probably good enough to get in. Well, Matt's had a disastrous start of the season. Ryan Blaney has had a horrible start to the season. In those two teams, they've got to be thinking, we have to step up. We've got to have some top ten finishes. We really need to win a race. Uh, you know, Bubba Wallace and that new team, they have languished out of the gate. They've done. They've really shown outside of the, the big track at Daytona, they haven't shown anything. They were non-existent on the road course and at Homestead, Miami. I'd like to see Bubba pick up his pace a little bit. So, yeah, there are some teams, like I said, those um, – make this in in March Madness terms, those bubble teams, they can't afford to to keep performing poorly. They've got to step up. Well, Mr. Rice, if our listeners want to keep up with you on social media, you do such a great job of tweeting as well as the Performance Racing Network to keep up with what's going on in NASCAR, and they've got some great news. Uh, where can people go to keep up with you and keep up with Fast Talk and everything that's going on with the Performance Racing Network? Uh, two places on Twitter, at Live, which is our our network feed, which has a lot of great information. If you want to follow me, uh, you know, most of it's racing. Sometimes you get my pictures of my dogs or <laughs> science fiction or App State, uh, but most of it's racing. It's uh, at Riceman61 on Twitter. Looking forward to hearing PRN's coverage of NASCAR, and we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. All right. Can't wait till it gets started. Hi, this is Justin Ashley, 2020 NHRA Rookie of the Year, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. And welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing with this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio uh, podcast as we highlight uh, racing all over the southeast, the ovals, the road courses, as well as the short tracks. And uh, right now we are joined by a uh, uh, a young man making some noise in the uh, short track world. He's uh, a Georgia native, so of course here on Southern Race Radio, we always love to uh, highlight the uh, Georgia drivers here on the program, and we're uh, very excited and happy uh, to have you here for the first time via the Food Depot Zoom line as he's checking in from his home in Eatonton, Georgia. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in a Georgia Dirt Late Model uh, Racer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Garrett Smith! Uh, Mr. Smith, uh, thank you so much for taking time to uh, join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio, and uh, glad to have you on for the first time, a Georgia native from Eaton, um, doing it there in the short track world, so uh, thanks for taking the time to join us this week. Yes, sir, thank you for having me. So uh, looking over at your bio here, you are a relatively young man here in this uh crazy, crazy racing world. You are uh, currently uh, 17 years old and a high school student. Are you a, a senior this year? Is that uh, what uh, class you're in right now? Uh, I'm a junior right now. So you're a junior. 
And um, seeing here, you started racing when you were 13 years old. So you haven't been doing this for a super long time. And for most drivers, kind of later, you know, most drivers start as pretty much as two or three-year-olds in go-karts. And you kind of, kind of got a late start. So for you, what got you hooked? Um, well, before I started racing and everything, I played a lot of baseball and um, just got tired of it and burnt out of it. My dad had always raced, and my dad's dad raced too. And uh, my dad raced asphalt, super light models, and uh, he's the one that got me interested in racing. Me and my dad have always liked it. I've always like watched NASCAR and stuff, but I didn't never really know if I'd do it or not. And then after I got tired of playing baseball, we gave it a shot and started off in go-karts. Well, that's really cool because you said that now you're a third-generation driver. Your dad was a driver, your grandfather was a driver, but at an early age, you were into baseball instead of racing. So that's really cool that your dad kind of let you kind of do your own thing and said, all right, that's fine, you don't want to race go play baseball. And now all of a sudden, as you said, you kind of got burned out, wanted to try the racing thing. So how great is it to have a support system as your family is? Because in racing, it is uh, it is a support system of your family and friends. So tell me how that relationship is with your dad. Did it really change? Did he, did he treat you differently now that you were a race car driver than you were when you were a baseball player? Like, how was that dynamic? No, I completely chose to race. He didn't really care what I did. He just wanted me to be happy with whatever I was doing. Turns out I liked it a lot, so uh, we kept doing it. Then we finally moved up to cars. Now the advanced level, now you said you did go-karts, now you're in an actual kind of stock car per se, I guess you can say, or, or a car you're racing in. Was that transition difficult for you, or how easy was it for you to kind of make the transition and move up the levels? Um, The first couple – actually, I won my first race out, but we – uh, I started off in this bomber class, which is more of like a stock car class. And uh, we tested uh, about two or three times before I actually got into my first race because my dad wanted me to be ready. After that, I actually won my first race and then raced in the what they call it a bomber class for about a year. And then I moved up to 602 late models. After doing that for a little bit, I moved up to 604 did that a little bit and now I've ran four super races how's that been for you it seems like you're getting a lot of success very quickly do you feel like the bloodline is there for you is it do you feel like it's it comes naturally to you because you're multi-generational in in this sport I mean it just helps a lot with my dad being there and teaching me what to do and just helps my learning curve a whole lot and because uh, it's you got to drive the cars different as you do in each class because types of speeds and all that. So it definitely helps with my dad being there and teaching me on what I can improve. Speaking with short track driver uh, from the state of Georgia, Garrett Smith here on the Summit Week Radio as we discuss his short career, but actually making some big time noise. And, you know, you did an accomplishment a couple of weeks ago. You actually raced a, a, a doubleheader weekend, basically. You were racing a couple of tracks a couple of weekends ago. Tell me about that experience of, uh, of racing both Saturday and Sunday. It, was it at different tracks as well, too, correct? Correct. Yeah, it definitely helps uh, traveling more and uh, seeing the different racing surfaces and, uh, just knowing how to run different tracks will always make you better at even your home track. I'm sure you got a lot on your schedule for 2021. 
So as far as some of the tracks, some of the races you're going to be doing this year, what are some of the, the races or maybe tracks you're going to be racing this year that you're really excited to, uh, to involve yourself with? Pretty much whatever comes up and how much money they're paying. Um, <laughs> we don't really do no, uh, any points. I haven't, I haven't ever done any points racing, so we just kind of money race. But we're looking to start doing some points racing maybe this year if they haven't started the point series yet or maybe next year. But uh, pretty much wherever they're just paying some good money. Now, if our listeners want to keep up with you, maybe uh, keep track of what races you'll be at and what tracks you'll be racing that going up this year, uh, where can they go to get that information of where you're going to be out and where you're going to be racing at? Um, well, I'm on uh, Facebook and Twitter, so you can follow me at uh, Garrett Smith Performance. Garrett, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you, and hopefully we'll have you back on. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Thanks to our great guest this week, Ted Austed, also Doug Rice. And Garrett Smith, thanks to these great guys for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And next week, a special edition of Southern Race Week Radio. That's right. Next week, we are going to be celebrating and getting ready for the running of the Folds of Honor QT500 weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So next week, we're going to have a jam-packed show for you. We're going to be speaking with the Executive Vice President of Atlanta Motor Speedway, Brandon Hutchinson, the founder of the Folds of Honor charity, Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, and also NASCAR Cup Series driver Ryan Priest. So all of those guys will be joining us next week for a special Atlanta Motor Speedway edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Don't forget the podcast will be available for you on Monday. So if you missed this episode or you want to hear it again or maybe check out any of our past episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, you can go and check out the podcast which, as I said, available every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Don't forget about the social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio and also check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And keep up with the latest in racing news, NASCAR, NHRA, IndyCar, and then also, of course, we always love to keep you up to date on what's going on with the grassroots of racing as we cover all the short track and all the short track drivers along the southeast so um thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week for another exciting edition of southern research radio hopefully you have yourself a nice and enjoyable weekend and we'll catch back over to you again uh, next week for our special atlanta motor speedway edition as we celebrate the folds of under qt 500 weekend at atlanta motor speedway take care